Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, in uh, visiting Dale in the hospital on Friday to all the circumstances that take place in this room, that are taking place in this room. Lord, we appeal to Jesus for grace. We appeal for peace. Lord, I ask that you would make whole that which is broken in all of us. Lord, that as tribulation comes and goes and returns and goes, Lord, that we would be prepared. That, Jesus, you would be our cornerstone, our rock, that we would not build our house on the sand. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, again, Habakkuk, last week we got into the whole cycle bit of sin, bondage, deliverance, and blessing. And now this week, I want to have four things for you. So if you remember those four things from last week, there are four things I want to do or I want to share with you this morning. And the first one is going to be when these things happen, that number one, you stop and think. You stop to think. So look in your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 12. It says this, Are you not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, the Holy One, we shall not die, O Lord. You have ordained them as judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are a pure, of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? You make mankind like the fish of the sea, like the crawling things that have no ruler. You bring all of them up with a hook. He drags them out of his net. He gathers them in, in his dragnet, so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet, for by them he lives in luxury and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing Nations, nations forever. I will stand, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it, and it will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, my soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. And, and James 1 says this. If we're to stop and think, James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So the first thing we need to do when tribulation comes, when things that we don't understand, is just stop 
and think. He goes to God. He says, you are the holy one. He stops and think and puts things into place. So we need to stop sometimes and just think. Not go off on emotion. Not do and go into our cycles of sin and, 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 and getting all messed up because we all have things that we run to. Not keeping running to them, but sometimes just take a breath Leave it there for a second and just stop and think. Oftentimes, this is a great time to remember all the blessings that you've experienced. Often, this is a great time to remember things that God has said about himself. Habakkuk 2.4, it just says, Behold, his soul, behold, his soul is puffed up and is not upright with him, but the righteous shall live by faith. And that is repeated three times in the New Testament. The righteous shall live by faith. Not by emotions, not by feelings, not by anything else, but by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith we shall live. Not by what is seen, but why it's out there. So we have to stop and think. Now, uh, oftentimes, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm talking to mostly adults here. Adults are really good at telling this to children, especially yours. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Stop. Think about what you're doing, right? When we experience things that discourage us and break us and wreck us, we need to stop and think. Number two, we need to restate basic principles. We need to restate basic principles that we know are true. And as a Christian, I would say that these are things that we find in a daily reading of the word of God, that we, we plan ourselves in there, that we're, we're a part of God's word, that we're hearing from them. You can't expect to restate principles that you're not learning and studying and, and dwelling in. You can't eat the old manna from five years ago, from 10 years ago, from 15 years ago. I know that many of you had celebratory, God-inspired things that have happened to you, and maybe they've been distant. You can't live on those anymore. It's a wrecker because we want the old victories. I, I, I'm reminded of <laughs> a uh, African-American pastor who talked about Chronicles. It's, the best, it's, it's probably not theologically correct, but daggone this works. They, the people were being oppressed and they were in the castle and they, were, they didn't have food, they didn't have water, and he said they had two things they ate from. The, the head of donkeys, say this nicely, and dove dung. Who's in? Mother's Day brunch, anyone? That's what they fed on because that was all that's left. And this is what he said. What is a sign? What is it that dove, what is dove dung? What has been there? If you see dove dung, what's been there before? It's not a trick question. Dove has been there, right? And he says this, the Holy Spirit 
had been at a place in your life at one time, and he's moved. You need to go where he is, not where he used to be. Think about it. Think about it. You've had victories. You've had assurances. You've had things. And, and maybe that that point has grown dim, and you're feasting on dove dung. Waiting for the dove to come back, and, and the Bible tells us very clearly that we're to seek after, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you, that we need to press into God, we need to seek after him, not just wait in a corner, fearful and trepidation, waiting for him to respond, we need to think and then restate basic principles. What are some of the basic principles of this? God's promises are true. He saved me from my sinful life, he gave me a new heart. He took the old heart and, and, and just sort of got rid of it. He gave me a new heart. He gave me imputed righteousness unto me, so God views me as sinless. Not that I am, but that's how he views me in Christ. That means I'm no longer to go after the dove dung anymore. I'm to press forward, press on towards the mark of the high calling. We need to move forward. In faith. So we just need to restate these principles. Jesus is on the throne. He's, he sat down on the throne. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given me all that I need to live for today. I was saying it all week long last week. God, I know that you have provision for me. God, I know that you have provision for me. For me, I know you have provision for me. I know you have provision for these other people. I know you can do this. You have done it before. And I remind God, and he doesn't need reminding, right? But I need it. You need it to remind God, restating his, that he is holy, restating that he is just, restating that he is merciful, restating that his mercies are new every morning, restating that he loves me. Amen? We've got to restate these principles in our heart. We've got to stop and think. I think of the 80s song. Uh, you're, some of you won't get this. But uh, it talks about, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. And I think to myself, self, how did I get here? You know what I'm, Anyone know what I'm talking about? There's a few. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Y'all just forgive me right now. I shouldn't have referenced a secular song. Um, just kidding. It was a joke. You know. So we got to restate the basic principles. Third, we need to apply the principles to the problem. So head, heart, hands here. Head is Habakkuk is seeing that his people have taken into bondage, that things are really bad, and he goes to God and he reminds God of his goodness. He reminds God that he's just. He asks hard questions. How can you let innocent people go? How can you let these things happen? And I know if you're human in here, you've thought these things. True? We thought them. We asked them. I thought it last week. And my appeal was to God. I had nowhere else to go but to him. We need to apply the principles to the problem. And this is what we tend to do pretty easily. This part is pretty easy. So even the first three are pretty simple. You know, apply the principles to the problem. So, okay, um, let's just look at it. I'm supposed to find joy in difficult situations. So everyone here has been in one. Maybe you're in one right now. So 
okay, I need to find joy, so I'm going to go, and I'm going to praise God in the morning, and I'm going to do these things. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer, and we apply the principles to the problem. All right, so for you, some of you might be that you just need to ask forgiveness before you come to the Lord's Supper this morning. You just need to reconcile with God. That applies to principles that you should not take this table lightly, that you need to come because Jesus is both holy and just and love all wrapped up in one. There's part of me that is fearful of him. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of? Wisdom, and there's part of me that knows I am forever loved by him. It's like me with my kids when they were younger. They knew I loved them, I believe, but sometimes I scared them. Sometimes probably too much, but other times, you know, just because there was some teeth behind the threats. I think sometimes we view God as someone who's toothless, like the abominable on Rudolph, right? When the dentist came out and they took all his teeth out, they think God's like, huh, and he's not really going to bite. But he does. Sometimes there are folks in this room, myself included, who have been have had to deal with the funk that we've brought into our lives and had to pay the price for it, Yes? But it doesn't live there. We watched this video, and here's where I'm trying to tie it to before I get to the next, the last one. We watched this video. Heart-wrenching. Some of you are in the midst of this. I'm not talking to you right now about what that video discussed. Some of you are, are, it's all fresh and new. I am not talking to you. But there is a season to where we as Followers of Jesus Christ should walk in victory to the pains of the past. We should walk in victory to the things of the past. My wife lost her mom at age 26 after having our son Hunter. Soon after. It was, it, was, it was a difficult thing. We wept. We cried. It was agonizing. But I believe that my wife went through a grieving process that went through those cycles and came out of it trusting God more than her emotions and knowing that uh, her mom was in a better place and trusting God with that and letting go of the loss. Now, I'm not saying that she doesn't think about her mom. I'm not saying any of that stuff. But there is a, when you apply the principles to the problem, you apply grieving to the problem, you grieve well, and you go through these things. You don't put it under a basket and hide it and just go, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and you're full of it. I freaked the guy out this week. He hardly knew me. He said, how are you doing? I said, I'm not doing well. <laughs> well, aren't you a pastor? I'm not doing well. And he's like, I'm not used to that answer. And I said, I'm getting used to that question and to answering it honestly. 
But not doing well doesn't mean self-loathing and woe with me. It means going, applying the principle to the problem, going to God, not just woe with me to everybody. He's going, God, you're bigger than the problem. I've got to come to you. You will fill me, and I'm going to trust you. I hate to say it's painfully simple, yet incredibly hard. And all that stands in the way is our pride. Because number three is easy. Some of you know and are very wise people, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. Some of you are street smart. Some of you have run your own businesses and done all these things, and and you think you have all the answers. When part three, applying the principles to the problem, no longer works for you. What if you don't hear from God and get the answer that you want? Number four is commit the problem to God in faith. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Difficulties come. Something happens this week, something happens next month, stop and think, restate the basic principles, restate the promises of God to you, apply those principles to the situation, and when you don't get an answer, commit the problem to God in faith. Look at verse 1 in Habakkuk chapter 2. It says this, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower And look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Habakkuk doesn't get the answer he wants. He doesn't rush to Facebook. You know, he doesn't have this Facebook stone where he etches in his problems so everyone else can say everything about it. He doesn't go to the city gates and go, here's my problem, here's what's going on. He doesn't uh, just so go and woe with me to everyone around him. He goes and he stations himself in solitude before God and waits for an answer. Sound fun? As someone who's experienced that, that is not a fun process. But what does it do? prepares the soil of our soul to receive seed of growth. God takes what is evil and turns it around for our good. And sometime our good is not getting an answer because we realize we're the created, not the creator. I think most Americans get stuck on part three. You can go back to that one, please. The, the whole, this. I think we get stuck at applying the principles to the problem. And you can go two ways with it. All right, there's a divergence here. You can either go and just sort of reject God and reject the faith because you didn't hear an answer. You're like, I asked God for an answer. I want an answer now, and I didn't get the answer I want. And you sort of run your way and run off like a lost sheep. Or two, we trust God and we bow our heads like reeds and we wait for him for an answer. 
And some of you, some of us, have still not found what we're looking for. Let the guard down a little bit. There are things that I've wanted an answer to that I've waited for that I've shared with very few people that I still have not got an answer. Anyone join me in here? Still not got an answer. Faith doesn't demand an answer. It demands that I put the object of my affections onto the Lord Jesus and trust him through everything. It's what the disciples did. It's what um, you know, Paul did when he was in prison. He didn't understand the answers. He didn't know what the end result was gonna be. He could die that night, but he stayed and he worshiped. He worshiped. He just trusted God with that. And, and folks, when difficult times come, and if you're in the middle of one, if you're in a sin cycle, you need to repent and you need to trust in there and go to the blessings that God has for you because you don't want to get caught in that cycle. It's like a spin cycle with tennis shoes in it. You know what that sounds like, ladies? You know when you put shoes in the dryer and they just boom, 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 boom. That is what it's like in the sin cycle. But deliverance is getting those suckers pulled out of there and hearing the peace again. You got to unstick yourself and commit your problem to the Lord. Habakkuk 2.4 says this, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. I want to say as somebody who has been puffed up, who's been pretty arrogant at times, who's thought I had all the answers to the third part, There's no peace there. There's no peace. And saying trivial little things like no God, no peace, no God, but it's true. If you're walking in the light as he is in the light, you will have fellowship one with another and even in the midst of darkness, there will be light and there will be peace and there will be blessing if we put our trust in him. Of this, I'm thoroughly convinced. What are you doing with your questions to God, are you handling them in a healthy way? Do you aspire to see victory over the things that have just, whether it's created anxiety or created anger, that it just burns inside of you? It makes you the potato or it makes you the egg? Or are you the aroma of Christ? This morning we're gonna take communion and I referenced it earlier. We say this a lot, but I don't know if everyone gets it, and I'm not. I'm serious about that. We are not called, 1 Corinthians 11 says, we're not supposed to take from the table lightly. You know, that if you take it lightly, that it will keep on your soul. That it won't bring peace, it'll bring, it'll bring more darkness. That we are called to repent and, and seek God before we just take 
and, and, and go and just do the old uh, Christian church thing, and, ah, bread cup, blah, 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 let's go eat, Mother's Day, ha, 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 we're done. We're supposed to reconcile relationships. We're supposed to reconcile ultimately with God and to one another. We're supposed to take of this because we're clinging to the promises of God that his death, burial, and resurrection is for us, not against us, right? You all dead inside. No, he's for us or against us. Yeah, he's for us. So when you come, if you've begun that reconciliation process, come and take it boldly. Ask for him to do a work. And if you've never trusted in Christ and you want to come to the table, there'll be people up here that'll pray for you. And I'll be up here too. If you want to take of the first time, we'd love to pray over you with you as you take a first communion, if you would, that you're saying, I cannot do it anymore on my own. I am a sinful person. I trust that Jesus died for me and I want new life. And God does a work. Not my prayer. It's not your effort. It's not you being a good person because none of us are good. None are righteous. No, not one. Would you please stand as we get ready to come? The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Church, let us live by faith. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to the table, we pray for your spirit to do a healing, Lord, to do a softening of our hearts, Lord, that we would hear from your spirit. Lord, we don't want to eat on dove dung anymore. We don't want to go and look for where you've worked before, but we want new life, abundant life, Lord, in the here and now. So God, only you can bring that. We trust you in it. In Jesus' name, amen.